This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. Nicole, no joke. I read my friend Kim's email signature recently, and my mind was blown. By an email signature. By an email I signature. I can't wait to hear it. So you have to read it. Okay, I'm passing it. I'm passing this to you. So okay. here's just a random email from my friend Kim Kaup. So Bracing myself yeah. for my mind. To okay, blow. where it says note. Okay, note colon. I check my email every other day and try to respond to messages within one to two business days. If there is something that is urgent, contact my assistant. Whatever her name yeah. is. Mind blown. By that. By that. Why? Can you imagine not checking your email? Oh, I see. Every minute, let alone every day? I personally can't. So I called Kim. Kim runs a consultancy, and I said, what is going on here? So she said that this is something of an experiment that she started a number of months ago, but it's gone really, really well. And it started with her recognizing that because she is ultra-responsive to all her clients— her clients expect that she will be ultra responsive to them, which means that she's got to be checking her email all the time, which means that she's got to be responding all the time, which means that she doesn't have time for the deep work and thought of doing the actual work that they have hired her to do. So Uh. she decided to try something. And that was to say, I check my email every other day. Doesn't mean people can't get a hold of her because they can email her assistant, but they can also text her. But she has found that just by saying, if it's, if it's an emergency, just contact my assistant or you can text me. People don't do it. Hmm. You know why? Because it's not an emergency. Because it's not an emergency. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can figure it out themselves. But huh. when everybody's trained to just reach out about everything, everybody just does reach out about everything. I wanted you to read that because today we are talking about boundaries. Not just how to set them should you want, which is a very popular subject of conversation right now. We talk about burnout has often led to talk about boundaries. But you know what? We're also, I think, going to wade into the controversial statement that sometimes boundaries, not so good. Not so good for your career. That's an unpopular thing to say. I believe it, though. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And so I'm probably going to win Miss Unpopularity. But you can have boundaries and amen for that. But you're more likely to get ahead or succeed if you respond more, not less. All right. I love that you're embracing the hot take here. Let's let's step back and talk about setting them, and then we shall talk about okay. burning them down. <laughs> All right. So Kim is doing a really interesting thing here. And what she has found is that this kind of shift is allowing her to do deeper work. Now, obviously, not everybody can do that. I don't work for myself. I work for a company. I have a boss. I can definitely not tell everybody, you can reach me every other day. That's not possible. So I have to grapple with this in a different way. I can't do what Kim's doing, except that I could, and I think that everybody can, be mindful of how everything that you do is setting expectations for everybody around you for what you will do and what they therefore can expect of you. Yeah, I think that's right. Even if you don't have a signature in your email that explicitly says how frequently you respond, just by doing it, you're setting the same message. I don't love that email signature. I am sure Kim is the most lovely. Very lovely. Super smart, super successful. I always find it a little off-putting when somebody's like, reach out to my assistant, Mm, mm -hmm. no matter what. I don't love it. Yeah, just fine. At first blush. Kim will take at least a day to get back to you on that. 
Makes sense. Let's talk about what people should do if they are feeling like they're in a situation in which they have lost control of their own time, which is really what boundaries are about. It's about people reaching into your time and grabbing it away. First, you have to set the boundary. Boundaries are like state lines, right? We don't just say, "Mm, Jersey's like around there. We don't know. (laughs) It's somewhere. They're very specific, but not everyone has the same boundary. Before you can feel like somebody's crossing a boundary, you have to decide where that is. Mm -hmm. And so you may be totally fine responding in five seconds or not. Or you might be totally fine uh, emailing late at night or early in the morning or on weekends or not. And some people might say that's crossing boundaries for them. And that's just out of their job description. They're not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to respond on nights and weekends. And that's it. So before even protecting the boundaries, decide where they are. Right. So I run a magazine and I have worked at magazines that had crazy hours. I have been at magazine offices editing stories at two in the morning. Now that I'm the boss, I don't want to do that anymore. I thought it was ridiculous when I was doing it, and I know that anybody who's working for me would find it ridiculous. And so I am going to make damn sure that we have relatively normal work hours. My belief is I don't care when you work. I just care that it gets done. And a lot of what we can do is asynchronous. And I should say, like, I believe that many employers or managers or bosses are measuring the wrong thing when they're looking at productivity from their teams. I think that they're too often measuring input instead of output, which is to say that they're measuring the amount of time being put in or the amount of FaceTime or the amount of meetings somebody's in rather than measuring what that person did, which is a lot more important. Yeah, I do think that there is a difference between being busy and being productive. And we can often get into this busy badge of honor cycle where we're constantly responding, but not actually doing the work. I appreciate the spirit of what the email signature is because Mm -hmm. she's like, responding to email is not my job. My job is to do this consulting thing. And if I'm just playing email whack-a-mole all the time, then that's not accomplishing the main task at hand. Right. Yeah. Because this will lead you to a lot of just signs of work. (laughs) I remember when I was a junior editor at Men's Health, I had just moved from Boston to New York. I took this job, this fancy job at this office. And there was a real always-on culture there. People were working late. And there was also the whole thing where like the boss leaves late. And so a lot of people stick around just so that when the boss is walking out the door, the boss like sees that they're still there. I I hate that stuff. That is bullshit. But anyway, I came up with what I liked to call productivity theater. Yes. Productivity theater looked like this. I had an office. It was a tiny little windowless office, really not much more the size of the desk, but I had a door, which was nice. And I happened to be near the front door, or at least the door to the elevators. So I was overseeing like 20-something pages of magazine that I was editing, and they were complicated. And at some point, I was trying to figure out, well, how can I track all these? And then I went and I got a whiteboard, a big old whiteboard. And it was like this, it was like the size of the wall in my little office. And I made a giant chart, all 20 pages, and like tracking every little thing. You know, like writer, deadline. Is it in first proof? Is it in second proof? All that stuff. It was useful. There were other ways that I could have done this. But what I found was that having that giant board on the wall meant that every time somebody above me walked by, 
they would look at it and they would say something like, oh, you got a lot going on. Or, uh, oh, you're juggling a lot over there. And it was like a weird reminder to them. It was productivity theater. I was putting on a show about how busy I was. But I found that like that bought me some amount of grace because people were seeing a version of what they were looking for from me, which was that kid better be busy. In a way, that was just a smart hack for me. But also in a way, I think now, it just shouldn't be a culture where you need to do that. Because, look, either the work requires a lot of time or it doesn't. But either way, let's just get the work done and not have to do a whole tap dance. I thought you were going to say that you did like a weekend at Bernie's type thing and you had some like- I murdered my boss (laughs) and then I propped him up on a chair. Or you had like some dummy Jason always (laughs) sitting there like into the wee hours. Right, somewhere like a Ferris Bueller. Like a hoodie or something. Uh Like, oh, there's Jason just, you know, working away at the graveyard trip. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. This subject about boundaries came up on a text thread. 
between you, me, and Morgan, the executive producer of this show. And it was funny because that, that text thread, which is, I mean, we all like talking to each other, but we're also talking work on this text thread. That text thread is nonstop. It is morning. It is into the wee hours. And so I guess the question is like, <laughs> do you ever feel bad or do you ever hesitate sending out a work-related text or email you know, that's going to land in me and Morgan's phone at 11 p.m. It's true. By the way, I'm on Pacific time, right. to be fair. So it's always going to be later. <laughs> right, right. But, you, but you are aware of that, which means that you know. I do know how to do you, math. You, are, you know how to do math. math so you, know where, you know where we are. We should talk. Morgan, can you come on? To, yes! Yeah, <laughs> come, come talk about this. Yes, Morgan needs a mic. We need to have Morgan's thoughts involved. I mean, you want to just talk into this thing? Yeah. Okay. Hi. You and me get texts from Nicole. We have different relationships here, right? Because I'm a fun bystander. I'm a friend. But you guys have a very specific work relationship. Yeah, she's my boss. Right. So you have a different experience of this text thread than I do. So what is going through your head when you get a text at 11 p.m.? It's not a text that's saying, Morgan, you have to do this right now, right? It's just part of an ongoing conversation. We could have been talking about an idea for this show. Who knows? Do you feel, I feel obligated to reply to this because I need Nicole to know that I am on at all times? I know you're also going to say, ah, I enjoy my work, but fine, set that aside. <laughs> do you feel like not replying is bad for you in relation to Nicole's expectations of you? because she pays you. It's interesting. I almost feel like saying that makes it feel like, do I feel obligated to text my boss back with lightning speed? <laughs> and thinking of it as an obligation makes it seem like I get a text and I look at it, it's from Nicole and I'm like, ugh. Right, right, right. Her again. But that's not what it is. To me, I think of it the same way that I would think about doing extra credit on a homework assignment. Mm. I want to be a good student and I want to ace the class for me, not necessarily for my teacher. That's a great answer. A boundary, it's, I mean, it's the silliest thing, but a boundary is a boundary. You're kind of setting a limitation on yourself, I think. And I know that because I started as an assistant and my boss would be at the Nerd Can Festival that you talked about on another episode. And it would be, you know, 9 a.m. for him, 3 a.m. for me. And I would get up on his time zone. And he really helped me get promoted at iHeart and become an associate producer and then a producer. And if I had been asleep when he had texted me, I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have gotten that endorsement from him in the same way. So Morgan and I are sitting very close together uh, <laughs> to share a mic, but yes. would you feel comfortable in this dynamic saying otherwise? Oh, yeah. And being like, Oh, like Listen. physically right here, right now with yeah. you, Nicole Lappin, you, Jason yeah. Pfeiffer, right would here, right now. Would you feel comfortable saying, hey, Lappin, like cool it with the late night text? <laughs> This, this is That's like a, a legal, are, are you here under your own volition? <laughs> Does anybody coerce you? I'm going to hold up today's newspaper. It has a date on it. Mom, I'm okay. <laughs> I would be comfortable. If if I was like, oh, man, I hate to tell you this in this particular scenario, sitting so close to you talking on the same mic, but I'm going to put you on do not disturb. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd tell you. I know you'd take it well. By the way, I would. Yeah, I and know I you really would. I do like hearing criticism and feedback and all of that. So now, okay, now Morgan, let's turn it on Nicole. When you send a text that is going to arrive at 11 Eastern, 
are you ever thinking Morgan is going to feel obligated to respond to this or that even though Morgan likes her job and likes her work that, you know, I bet she might be somewhere doing something that is not work related and she's going to see this and part of her now is going to be thinking about work and I shouldn't have imposed or do you just feel like, fuck it, Morgan's an adult, she can take care of herself? I kind of feel the latter. I think that it's the person who's receiving the messages' responsibility to be in charge of their own phone and be the boss of their technology use as well and they're grown-ass adult. Like, I actually don't expect a response, but as you guys have seen in the course of this taping, my brain just breaks sometimes. And if I don't write it down, and by the way, like I could, if you guys said to me right now, like this is an intervention, Lappin, like you need to cool it with the late night texts. We don't care what time zone you're on. Just like stop it. It's You're blowing up my phone. It's like causing havoc. Then I could probably just train myself to open a notes thing on my phone, type all of my random thoughts before they leave my brain in that thing and then send it in like reasonable hours. Mm -hmm. My intention is like, I have to write this down because I'm going to forget it. And maybe it's a brilliant thought or maybe it's not, but it needs to go into these people's minds somehow. And if they don't want to respond to it now, cool, cool. Like, I don't care. And so sometimes I say like, not a rush, don't worry, whatever, as a caveat. Right. I mean, it's interesting because that's also how I take it being on that text thread myself. But I think of a different relationship. Like, let's say, for example, my boss who's the president of Entrepreneur Media, the parent company of Entrepreneur Magazine. And our communication is primarily by email or Gchat. So if he texts me, that text is definitely not casual. That text is because he wants me, he wants my attention now. Right, so I'm experiencing that very differently. Do I sound like a monster? <laughs> no, not at all. Let's not forget, we're on the East Coast. So we text Nicole at like 4 a.m. her I've time. I thought that too. 5 a.m. Right. her time. Sometimes she wakes up to like a massive string to catch up on. I understand how it might be hard to proactively say to somebody that you report to, like, I'd rather not text in the middle of the night or whatever, and that it's more incumbent on the person who is the supervisor to sort of open up that conversation first. Mm -hmm. I generally think that it's up to you to create your technology boundaries and to articulate your personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. I don't think that supervisors should necessarily create a false boundary, which is what I was musing about in our text threads. So this is so meta. Because I think if you're creating that boundary for the people who report to you, you're putting parameters on maybe their growth, because you probably don't have boundaries for the people who are above you. And so for that sort of upward mobility, like if there was a manager who told all of her reports, like, you know, nine to five is the only time I'm going to be on email. And so I'm setting this as an example. I kind of like call bullshit to that because mm. you hear it a lot in the press or like in this author expert culture. And I find it like disingenuous because I think if their CEO or a CEO of another company that was recruiting them or Oprah or whatever <laughs> reached out in the middle of the night, it would be a different story. That's a really good point. But just to be clear, because I've in many ways played the role of like, holding and defining boundaries for the people who report to me. 
But me, myself, I have not. I am working nonstop. I'm working late at night. I'm working over weekends. And I let it bleed into all my life. And I totally, totally agree with all the points made here about how doing that can advance your career. I've definitely gotten the attention of and trust of people above me many times during my career because I was the guy who was willing to respond to them very late at night when there was a problem. And I was very happy to play that role. I'm not trying to glorify like 24 seven work. It's not for everybody. I'm not endorsing it by any stretch of the imagination, but to be fair, Jason, like you made a hard boundary on the time we're shooting and taping today. Oh, I did. That's right. true. So like yes. you have your own parameters. Right. You were like, I got to be home for dinner at five. Right. Cool. Like, I, great. So let's get it done before five. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Right. You told us that. That's a good point. I totally did. You're right. I set a boundary at the very beginning of this thing that we're doing right now. And I think, I don't know if you would have felt like we had a good enough working relationship for you to hire me if you didn't know that I would respond to your texts. Like if we didn't work in a similar way in that way. So I don't think that you have to worry, am I going to text Morgan and is she going to be out and is that going to bother her? Because you know how I work and that the way that I work supports the way that you work and that's why you would hire me. But was this all assumed? Have you have the two of you ever discussed this no, until this is right our now? First work therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> when we were working together, when I was in my old job, and I almost felt like it was a slow burn. It was like I'd send a text at like 9 a.m. and hope that wasn't too early, and then you would send a text at like 6 p.m. and hope that wasn't too late, and then we just slowly just worked our way out to the fringe. But it could have been a conversation. I find this fascinating because. I'll tell you, for me, with my team and entrepreneur, I approach it differently. Now, there are structural differences here. One is that, although I'm the boss of some people at Entrepreneur, I don't own the company. I'm like just part of a management structure. But if I have a thought and it's late at night, what I do is I have it send it the next morning at 8 a.m. And therefore, I'm never emailing them at a late hour. I still get out what I need to, but I don't want anybody to feel like they have to reply to me. Now, if I felt very sure that nobody would ever feel like they have to reply to me, then I guess I would just hit send whenever because I wouldn't even worry about creating this kind of perception. Now, all that said, I think that if you can create a working relationship in which the boundaries are basically, we're all thinking about work all the time, and so we're going to communicate with each other whenever it is most convenient to us, but we don't have the expectation that we get back to each other all the time. But because you guys are talking about all the other stuff that works, then you can have this very strange, by some standards, balance of when you're in touch and knowing that Nicole can send a text at 11 p.m. and Morgan doesn't have to respond to it at 11 p.m. So again, I think that what you are intending is exactly what has happened, but it's just, I'm pointing out, it's really, really interesting that it happened really without any kind of communication at all. (laughs) So here's what we have. Figuring out what your boundaries are, and then second, figure out how to relay those boundaries. Yes, and I'll add one more. Part of the problem that people have with boundaries is that they don't actually know the expectations of the person that they are reporting to, right? Just say, when do you need that by? Right? Because sometimes a boss will, will say, hey, can you, can you just take care of this? 
And it's worth asking them, when do they need that? That's not signaling to them that you won't get to it immediately. But, you know, sometimes, I, I mean, I've certainly found that I have burned myself trying to get somebody something. And then they don't look at it for three days. Yeah. And I am furious that I ate away at my personal time to give them something that they didn't need at that time. But you know what? Really? Boo on me. Because I didn't ask when they needed it. And sometimes just being clear about someone else's expectations actually gives you some clarity about what it is that you need to do. It also helps you know what is important. So this is how to manage up, right? Is to like understand what the person above you actually cares about and needs. And then make sure you're delivering on that. And if you are, then they're not going to care about all these other things. So if you've got five things, but you know that they really only need one of them like now, then take care of that one now and push all the rest until some other time. That way you're creating boundaries simply by understanding what matters to the person above you and therefore carving out the time that it takes without giving all of your time away. And that's a really skillful, I would say, way to approach your workload. Yeah. And that just takes time to become skillful and not treat everything like a fire drill. Yes. Or an emergency. My takeaway is that a boundary doesn't mean one thing, which, Nicole, you pointed out at the beginning, and that what we're describing here is a very good example of what, by other people's standards, could look like a total breakdown in boundaries, but that is actually a boundary that's working for everybody. Nicole, you shouldn't feel bad about the text thread because Morgan has said so. And also, I love the text thread. I don't feel bad. Good. Okay. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm super into the text thread. It's lots of fun. But it does make me mindful about like how this is a pretty unique circumstance and how for anybody else who's in any kind of situation where they're also weaving work communications in with like regular life at totally different times that some kind of check-in or some kind of not boundaries being drawn so much as expectations being articulated would be really useful. And so uh, yeah, I'm glad we had this check-in. <laughs> Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. And maybe a little dance. Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon.